This station is being brought to you via Nolsoft Shoutcast streaming technology. For more information, visit shoutcast.com. Hi, this is Steve Sansweet, and you are listening to Star Wars on the Left. StarWarsIndirect.com StarWarsIndirect.com There you will listen to Star Wars Indirect, the voice of Star Wars fandom. Ben! Star Wars Indirect is a proud member of the Sci-Fi Podcast Network, tsfpn.com. Galactic Hunter, the place where you can find the latest Star Wars collectible news from all around the world. From the Hasbro and Kenner lines of action figures, to comics, games, prop collectibles, and events. Everything is covered and reviewed. Join our fan community in the Bounty Hunter Collective Forums and find all your bounties at www.galactichunter.com. Galactic Hunter, keeping collectors on target. Star Wars on Direct is brought to you by SimpleNet. With SimpleNet, obtain a low-cost advertising for your company or, quite simply, a space to put your personal website online. Join us at www.simple-net.ca. Welcome to Star Wars on Direct Voice of Star Wars Fandom 
for this August 9th, 2005 edition. Star Wars Soundtrack number 50, guys. Are you happy? Yay. Wow, show me the joy. <laughs> <laughs> no. That's, that's Dude, George Lucas coming on the show today. See, the people are happy. <laughs> Close the door. Okay. <laughs> so, I'm joined in studio by the producer, Danny. Hello. And Brian. Hello. To my left. I think you can see him on the webcam. Not sure. We'll have to check that out later. Of course, tonight's main subject is going to be Darkness 1, the Joiner King. Yes. Of course, we'll have the regular pulse, the fan audio release, the community update, but no collecting news tonight because we're interviewing someone really special. Troy Denning is yes. coming to the show again. Right now, Brian can tell us how you can contact us. Yes, you can contact us various number of different ways, including... Our email address, which is studio.swndirect.com. You can get our Star Wars newsletter, our chat, our webcam, listen to live to our broadcast. You can get to our links to our blog, to our message board, which is on tsfpn.com. All through our main site, which is www.swendirect.com. And you can also reach us through MSN Messenger by adding the user swendirect at hotmail.com to your MSN user list. Good. Your best one yet. <laughs> right. Let's record it. Let's put it. Just loop it. <laughs> That's it. Uh, of course, we want to remind you that the sound card may crash during the show. Don't worry, people. We'll be back very shortly after it does. And it will not show up on the podcast nor the archive because Danny's got absolutely no life right now. Exactly. He's working his ass off every night after the show, putting up the archives and the podcast and making sure everything is like. Trying to make it work. Doing a good job. No, not yet. Yes, you are. <laughs> yes, you are. So, Mr. Producer. Yes, it's uh, like you said, it's our 50th, 50th official show. That means on the regular schedule. And we have 55 total. Uh. I would have liked to have a special show for the 50th, but since we had Troy Denning, we, we couldn't push him back, <laughs> really. So uh, I decided that probably uh, next show we'll, we'll uh, celebrate the 50th show, because we will have officially conducted 50 shows. You know, I uh, can uh, mention also that the TSFPN message board that we use is still down, the website is up, they changed server because they had too much uh, traffic, like Sebastian uh, as guest last week, and uh, they are changing boards r right now, so the site is working, but not the, the forums are not uh, online I yet, there, online. Yeah, there's a, a page warning us that uh, they're changing. And also uh, an announcement from myself that mm, probably my uh, last show as a producer will be just before I leave for Paris. So early September. Yes. I was like all nervous now. You should see the sweat coming <laughs> out of his forehead. No, I probably have another role, but you, Sebastian will have time to test at home and uh, see... Uh, can do, and I will probably like retire slowly. Very cool. Not only because basically I didn't. I I have other projects that I want to do. I never had a personal project since uh, the start of Sitland.net. 
that's six years ago, almost, almost seven. Jeez. And uh, a personal project that didn't include like timelines and uh, depending on other people, you know, doing something at my rhythm, <laughs> you know. So which is really fast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes yes. Yeah. So basically, that's it. Uh, I'm not leaving right now. So. That's a good on. thing because you're kind of producing right now. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Okay, bye. <laughs> Hi, Troy. We're sorry. Danny, the only one who actually read your book till the end, <laughs> has left the show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, who's in the chat with us right now? Before, uh, do we have other. Uh, you saw Dukes of Hazard, Brian? Yes, I did see Dukes of Hazard. Is it good? Um, I took my little brother with me because uh, my friend Haley had taken her. Son, the same age, so I took James, and he, he we had such a great time. It's such a goofy, stupid movie, and the car chases are great, and they're great explosions, and like they're making fun of the cops, and it's a good, fun movie. Jessica Simpson is all you know, naked and stuff. <laughs> Some people get that, and I don't. Did Did you watch the original uh, series? No, you? I no? didn't. I didn't okay. see the original series. I I saw I it. Remember and that, and that's <laughs> why I want to see it <laughs> at some point. <laughs> I remember the original series. It's it's a really big part of my youth. <laughs> In French, it's Chérie, fais-moi peur. Yeah, Chérie, fais-moi peur. Chérie, oh, okay. I thought it was like, honey, make me scared. What the no, fuck? No, 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 <laughs> no. It's it's Chérie. Uh, scare me, scare me, yeah, scare me, really scare me, Chérie. Yeah, I know. Scare me, Chérie. Yeah. They're not afraid of Roscoe. No. Oh, there you go. Roscoe P. Galtry. And I'm right. not gonna go into singing the little song that I used to know. I should have put the, you know, the horn. That's it. The horn. You have it? I have it. I have the soundtrack. Right, it's uh, too late, damn. <laughs> so that's what we do on the show. We're always like at the last yeah. second and doing. The I have a new one. It's. That's <laughs> for Sebastian. That's for me. It's like white ah. pe- people. People are amazed at my it's stupidity. A groaner. <laughs> Total groaner. <laughs> All right. So who's in the chat, Brian? Who is in the chat? We have quite a few people with us tonight. We have Bloodcat, Dark Jedi, Casper, Frizior, Jedi Jane, and Marty Wan. And uh, us, of course. And us, and probably some people joining us from StarWars.com because they were thinking that the comments of the blog was actually the chat room. Oh, well, that can happen when you actually have organized chats in the forums. Yeah, like that, you know, these things tend to happen. All right. It was mentioned phone interview. Yeah. No, they're they're looking for the chat room. Oh, and the blogs, and they thought that the blog comments section was the chat room. Oh, like. The hyperspace. Okay, so you you chats. responded for uh, yeah. I, I just like told them it's here. Okay, triple w dot direct dot com slash chat dot htm for the direct link. Cool. <laughs> it okay. happens. I uh, I can't blame them. Yes, but on with the show. Yes. <laughs> Master Fisto, trust your insight, we do. 
Welcome to the uh, Pulse for this week, August 8th, 2005. We have a little bit of news here this week. The uh, Revenge of the Sith animatics reel has been released on the official website, so if you've got hyperspace, go check it out. There's some great stuff from the uh, from the movie, you know, pre-production stuff. We saw some of that stuff you, during you, the spectacular. Did you see it? No. No, because I'm no longer hyperspace. Yeah. I'm the only one who has hyperspace, but and did I didn't it? have time to go see it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, it was Although released I yesterday, so you know, you guys yeah. didn't have time. Go check it out. Um, we also see, saw part of that at Celebration 3 during the uh, McCallum Spectacular. Yeah. So, that's very, very cool. Um, there isn't much else in news except for miniatures news because the, the new set is coming out on the 19th. So, um, if there is a checklist, if you want to head over to Sith Clan, my buddy Mikad has... Uh, he's doing somehow, a good job, Somehow, man. he's gotten the checklist up for the whole set. So I'm linking that up, and then there's he also got a list of all the special abilities, uh, or the new special abilities. There's 26 of them. I'm just going to read a few really interesting ones, like homicidal surgery. <laughs> what? Dr. Evan. Evans. Dr. Evazan. Oh, okay, yes. yeah, okay. Uh, homicidal surgery. Another really good one. Does it come with Panda Baba? Yes, they're both <laughs> in the set. <laughs> uh, interesting ones are like lightsaber throw, oglyph masker, Vodum Kram armor, Isolamiri. And the best one, I think, is it's a trap. That's new new specialty for uh, from Akbar. From Akbar, it's a trap. <laughs> All right, and that's it for the pulse this week. That's it. That's it. Damn. Okay. StarWarsFanWorks.com, the home of Star Wars fan audio on the internet. It's your home for Star Wars fan audio genre news, a comprehensive catalog of fan-made Star Wars radio shows, parody tales, and serious audio dramas. With behind-the-scenes features, a message board, reviews, tutorials, convention coverage, an internet movie database-style directory of the entire Star Wars Fan Audio community, and the only Fan Audio community-recognized Star Wars Fan Audio Academy Awards held each year. StarWarsFanWorks.com. Fandom has a whole new sound. And welcome to the Fan Audio News for this uh, 50th Star Wars on Direct. First, uh, those uh, member of Hyperspace... There's two new audio casts available from the SciGraph 2005. The first is a keynote Q&A with the father of digital cinema, with George Lucas, of course. And the second one is a Star Wars retrospective from ILM. So they're full-length, both. Didn't have time to download them, I suppose, Sebastian? I'll pass them on to you. Okay. Or I'm sure you will find it very interesting. Mm, no. <laughs> I don't care. Okay, <laughs> you can keep up with those updates on uh, on those feature on uh, also on StarWarsFanWars.com. Uh, they have uh, Nathan has put up a feature sh- section wi- w- where he lists all the uh, the features, uh, all the uh, audio cast. Also, on September first will be released a, a two part episode for uh, from Star Wars FM entitled "Kissing a Wookie." They don't tell what's what it, what it is about, and on September 15th they will also release a film commentary about about Batman Forever. It's not a Star Wars film, but Batman Forever. Which Batman is that? Batman Forever. Batman Forever is the third one. Third one. Yeah. Third one. Third movie with um, Val Kilmer and Chris O'Donnell and uh, uh, Jim Carrey and yeah. uh, okay Tom Lee with Jones. the Jones. Okay, okay. Two Face and Okay, six. Also, Lost Cause 
There is no hope concludes with the episode 10, the saga ends. There is also a musical number available called the Wookie that's not that no, it's the Wookie that's in Lost Cause. Check that out. But the series will continue soon with Lost Cause episode two. There's still no hope. Okay, and Other Voices, the second and last episode of Other Voices is available. I didn't listen to the newest episode, but I can imagine that scheduling problem and lack of participation is the cause of the cancellation. And that's it for me. And welcome to the community update for August 9th, 2005. Uh, I just want to start by saying that StarWars.com is actually having trouble right now with their uh, blog servers. And when you're actually posting a comment, it might actually just go ahead and tell you that there's a site error that pops up. Uh, you don't need to actually resend the, 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 the whole comment, because that will actually just make it a double post. Oh, okay. So, but it's actually a problem from StarWars.com. Is it because you're <laughs> posting it? You're posting a comment on your own blog. Is I just posted a comment on my own blog, and it, it just happened to me. And maybe it's the cause because no, 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 no. Someone else actually had the same okay. problem. So, uh, would you actually attend another Star Wars celebration, Danny? Of course. Well, you could actually go I, to Force.net. I would like to. You would like I, to? I say of course, but you know there's some per- parameters. <laughs> yeah, uh, it counts. But I will. I, I should be able to. You know, you should be able to come. Yeah, I'm going to C4. So if you want to, if you're actually going to C4, uh, which should actually be in 2007 to actually celebrate the 30th anniversary of A New Hope, and basically Star Wars as we now know it. You can just go to thefores.net and answer the poll on their question. 1,735 people have actually answered, and there's 200 that won't be going back. We'll miss you guys. That's all I have to say. Well, maybe it, those are the people that didn't actually show up. It, it's all, it, it wouldn't also like surprise me. Uh, the Philly Fan Force will be having its uh, meeting on August 13th at Victoria Brewery. It's in uh, Downington, and uh, you can get all the directions and maps from the FanForce website and their boards. The Oregon FanForce meeting will be on August 26. Uh, they are going to all, to, to all the meeting, and it's going to be taking place at the Badge of Fresh restaurant at the Lancaster Mall in Salem. Or Oregon. <laughs> I'm not good. I hate myself that being good. They're going to be talking about Star Wars, uh, coordinating, uh, coordinating events, and uh, making a list of future events they'd like to do. Sacramento Valley Rogues will be meeting on August 21st. That's my birthday. Have a drink for me, guys. September? August 21st. Okay. He's like... Oh. Yes. During the, sh- uh, the yes. French show. Cool. You don't need to mention it. Okay. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> He's like, well, we found the third subject now. <laughs> the um, it it should be pizza trivial pursuit, starting a Star Wars RPG, and uh, 
w- uh, some sort of uh, watching of the Star Wars movie, you can be um, p- you can actually private message Lord Darth Vader for details and direction on the fan force boards. Quick little update from Katie. Uh, Albin posted on August second uh, about uh, tons of things that that's been happening in her life. She's actually been granted three wishes from the Make a Wish Foundation. Uh, and uh, it's 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 a really nice little story. I invite you to go over to 4kd.org to actually see that and uh, get more uh, get more news on uh, Katie, who seems to be doing well even with all the challenges that's that she has to go through. And uh, two major conventions coming up. Uh, one is in is is in the beginning of December, so it's still far away. It's Sunday, December fourth, two thousand five. And uh, you can find all the information at www.starfest.co.uk. It's in the United Kingdom, in Essex. And yes, yes, I'm, I'm sorry, Brian. I've got to bring it up. Uh, the Star Wars on Direct crew and well, backup crew mainly, which is like me and two of my other friends, will Who be are uh, Nick Lacroix and Declan Dennehy. So one guy from Montreal and Nick one Lacro- guy did I meet him at some point? Yeah. Nick. It's oh, okay. It's like, oh, wait okay. a second. It's like what's the last name? <laughs> okay, the uh, fuck anime. Yeah, guy, guys, okay. come on. <laughs> He'll forever know be known as fuck anime. <laughs> fuck anime. <laughs> All right. No, oh, it was so cool. I I have to have a clip audio of that, and I c- can link it at sometimes. Awesome. <laughs> Alright, so we're going to be at the Canadian National Science Fiction Exposition, which is also called SFX, or the Canadian National Expo. Uh, We're going to be meeting with Matthew Wood and Kenny Baker, as well as a few Star Wars artists, such as Amy Pronovo, who did the sketch cards for ROTS, and guess which characters, guys? Ayla. There you go. Ironically Uh. enough. I definitely he was know. ready. Yeah. He was ready. So, Kagan McLeod m- m- will be there, as well as Skeens TC and Pierre Andre Derry, for, uh, which works can be seen in Star Wars Tales and other, comics, com- uh, other comic books. Uh, for I'm actually going to post really quickly the link to Amy Pronovo's website and her work into the sketch cards and all that. Cool. All right. So that's done. And this pretty much concludes... Oh, wait. What are you doing this Saturday, folks? We're going... La Ronde. We're going to La Ronde. If, you're, if you actually want to join the Montreal Underground Nights, they will be uh, at La Ronde around 9.30 a.m. On, uh, sun- on Saturday morning at the uh, left ticket booths. And uh, they will then be the entrance on under the bridge. The entrance under the bridge, and they'll be waiting for the group. Uh, we should actually move in around ten when the door basically opens. And we'll be going through all the roller coasters and getting sick and having fun all day. <laughs> in the uh, man, how do you say that? Taos. In the cups. In the cups. The teacups. The teacups. The teacups. Man, I'm I'm not going there. They just turn and turn and turn, and they turn so fast. <laughs> we lose track of them, <laughs> but basically we're gonna have uh, tons of funs, and I may be checking out this year, and actually bringing a little camera with me that I just received as a gift, so we can make a little documentary okay. of the event. Ooh. But it's a really big camera. It's I think I think Brian would like it. 
or not. It's a VHS tape. Okay, he does. Oh like man! It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's back in the digital. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> it doesn't even have CCD technology on it. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Well, this concludes the community update for this August August ninth, two thousand five. And uh, now we're going to be listening to Stormtrooper Bob number seven from Jawa to Jedi. And we'll have a short sponsor break And we'll be back to the show With our guest Troy Troy Denning Hi, this is Darian and Blade from www.jeditalk.com Be sure to join us for our show every Sunday night live Where you can listen to the latest Stormtrooper Bob Join us for our trivia contest Listen to live interviews with authors like Michael Stackpole or Kevin J. Anderson Also, a full two hours of Star Wars talk every week So, remember, dark side or light, join us Sunday night The Adventures of Stormtrooper Bob, Episode 7, Jawa to Jedi. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, Stormtrooper Bob and his squad had been assigned to find two droids. Following the information from Jabba the Hutt, Bob and his squad ride across the desert trying to find the Jawas. We join Bob as they find the Sandcrawler. Hey you! Yeah! Yeah, the short one there! Come here! Hootini! Did you find two droids? Hootini! Well, where are they now? Hootini! Oh no, I gotta wait. Is somebody shooting? I'm all over it! <coughs> no, him. <coughs> no, to the right of him. <coughs> no, the other right. Okay, now this goes on for like ten minutes, so we're just gonna skip ahead to the to the important stuff here. Hold on. I can't believe you had to shoot all of them. Hey, it's not my fault, eh? If they'd have just stood in line and waited their turn, everything would have been kosher, eh? Ah, oh, they all look alike too. We'll forget it. Uh. Let's move out. It would see a shame to waste all this perfectly good Jawa meat. Alright, leave it, Angus. We need to get to Mos Eisley. Sir, the Jawas are here. I see you too. Why did you tell me that? We got here 20 minutes ago. Why, why are you bringing that up now? We did. Someone, please shut him down. Bob and his squad get back on their dewbacks and head for Mos Eisley. Halfway there, they spot a moisture farm. Lewis begs Bob to stop for a drink. After getting into a slight, uh, mm, uh, altercation, uh, they grab all the blue milk and move on. We join up again with the squad as they ride into Mos Eisley. I still don't understand why you had to burn the house down. Why? Did you hear what he said to us? All he said was, Hello, I'm Owen Lars. What can I do for you? And you shot him, Angus. Well, it wasn't what he said. It was how he said it, too. Shut up, you two. 
It doesn't matter. Lewis got his blue milk, and no one got hurt. Except for those two farmers. Shut up, Francis. Well, look. A nice little town. Hey, look at that cantina. Let's go in there for a break. You wouldn't happen to think they would have any blue milk, eh? Bob and his squad walk into the cantina. After ICU-2 gets thrown out because he's a droid, the squad belly up to the bar. Hey, Chewie. How's it going? <coughs> good, good. How's Molly and Lumpy? <coughs> Is this fucking incredible, Bob? Oh, uh... I, I wouldn't say that, Angus. <coughs> ah! <coughs> ah! Well, too late. Sorry about that, Chewie. Say out a hand for me. Oh, yeah, I'll be at Savic on Friday. <gasps> I just love his fur. Uh, what happened? Come on, let's get outside. We should set up a roadblock and see if we can find them droids. Wait, we didn't get any blue milk. Lewis... Your obsession's getting a little scary. Get outside. Bob and his squad set up a makeshift roadblock. As Landspeeders start passing, Bob learns that he has to answer the question that's plagued all stormtroopers. Uh, I, I gotta go. Where do you need to go, sir? To the bathroom. Oh, I've had to go to the little trooper's room for two days now, but I can't figure out in this armor. Come on, Angus. We'll go to that alley and figure it out. Hey, you got any droids in there? No. You have any fruit? No. Okay, how about blue milk? Um, no. You sure? Okay, move along. You really like that blue milk, don't you, Lewis? Well, yes. But I can stop drinking it any time if I want, eh? Sure, Lewis. Whatever. Here comes another speeder. How long have you had these droids, eh? About three or four seasons. They're there for sale if you want them. Can we see your identification? Uh, you don't need to see his identification. We don't need to see his identification, eh? What do you mean we don't need to see his identification? Of course we need to see his identification. Shut up, eh? I'm handling this. These aren't the droids you're looking for. These aren't the droids we're looking for, eh? How do you know these aren't the droids we're looking for? You didn't even check his identification. Hey, I told you to shut up, all right? He can go on about his business. Move along, eh? Hey, there's a good-looking haggis pot over there. Hey, that kind of looks like my dream keg, eh? Maybe we could fill him up with blue milk. Lewis, you dummy. Those are the droids we were looking for. How do you know they were the droids we were looking for, eh? Uh-oh. Here comes Lieutenant Via Corp soon. Oh, boy. I think we're in trouble. Bob, good to find you. Ah, good. You tailed them and let them get away. Now we can see who they're working with. As always, Bob, an excellent job. Uh, uh, okay. We can handle this. Go ahead and return to the Vengeance and report to the bridge.
Bob and his squad take a shuttle up to the Star Destroyer. When they report to the bridge, it's bustling with activity. Hey, what's going on around here? Sir, the Millennium Falcon has gotten away from Moss Eisley. Try and tap into the Comlink, Lieutenant. Yes, Captain, going to be choked soon. On the speakers, now. Besides, I know a few maneuvers. We'll lose them. Maneuvers? He's just flying in a straight line. No. That clever devil will never catch him now. Sir, they've got away to hyperspace. I dead. Will Angus get his haggis pot? Will Lewis break his addiction to blue milk? I can quit any time I want, eh? Will Bob Squad ever be blamed for their mistakes? Probably not. But be sure to join us next week anyway on... Nah, <gasps> eh, I'm not going to do it like that. That's the other guy's trademark. Stormtrooper Bob. Stormtrooper Bob has been brought to you by... The Blue Milk Dairy. If it's got to be milk, it's got to be blue. Stormtrooper Bob has been brought to you by www.jeditalk.com. The voices of Bob, ICU2, and the narrator have been brought to you by Eugene Cash. The voices of Angus and the Lieutenant were brought to you by Ian McCormick. The voices of Lewis, Francis, and Captain I'm Gonna Be Dead Soon have been brought to you by Mark Henderson. Join us next week for more Stormtrooper Bob. Every collector deserves the best. That's why our main goal at Federation Toys is to guarantee the highest quality items for the lowest prices. Yes, of course. Come by Federation Toys for Star Wars collectibles. Satisfaction guaranteed. Yes, my right. Roger, roger. All Star Wars and direct listeners will get a 5% discount on their purchases. At SimpleNet, you will get, at a very reasonable cost, an advertising space for your company, a website built for you by our team of professionals, or quite simply, a space to put your personal site online. The online gamers are not forgotten. We can offer fixed prices of bandwidth, as well as solutions for turnkey pre-configured game servers. Join us at www.simple-net.ca. Hello, this is Paul M., director of Lucas Online, and you're listening to Star Wars on Direct. And welcome back to Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're now joined by the author of many books in the NGO and Star Wars Expanded Universe, The Corfillian Interlude, Forest Apart, Star by Star, Recovery, The Dark, The First Dark Nest, and still two more to come? Yes, Unseen Queen and uh, The Swarm War, and three books in Legacy of the Force, and also Trouble with Squibs, I, thought, I think it was in The Insider. There you go. So there you go. We're joined today by Troy Denning. Welcome to the show, Troy. 
Well, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> it's your third time <laughs> once again. So last time we had you on the show, uh, we were discussing your post-NGO trilogy. Uh, it was just announced. I because think. it had just been announced. And uh, ever since that time, uh, did you actually had a chance to work on another book? Just the post-NJO trilogy? Um, no, I think that, that it's been pretty much uh, just working on the post-NJO trilogy. Although I did sell, um, I don't know how much I'm supposed to talk about this, but I did sell an epic fantasy trilogy to Del Rey. Okay. So that I will be beginning to work on that in between my Star Wars books. Okay, yeah, it spans over a couple of years, so you have some time in between, yeah. Yeah, I did. So I wrote a proposal and, and managed to design a, a fantasy world. Well, actually, it was one that I've been working on for about five or ten, I don't know, probably about five years. Wow. So I, I've, I've persuaded them that it's going to be a marvelous world, and, and they're going to <laughs> publish it for me sometime, I think, in 2007. How, how many books do you plan uh, for that series? That should be... Um, bought, uh, I have a hundred planned, but they've, they've <laughs> obligated to publish three. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, in Tatooine Ghost, they already decided to include references to the prequel into the book as Shmi Skywalker's diary. In Darkness, we have R2-D2 recording of Panme as seen in Revenge of the Sith. Was it your initiative for Luke and Leia to discover information about their parents, or was it Del Rey's? Um, in the in Tatooine Ghost, it was Del Rey's idea mm -hmm. to have the the diary that Leia discovered. Um, and I think it was Del Rey's idea. I, I should say that Del Rey is the one who presented it to me. I may well have been Shelley and Sue together. Okay. But in Darkness, it was my idea. I had I had written the outline, and they'd accepted it, and everything was going along just great. And, as usually happens with me, I get my really good ideas after everything's already under underway, and uh, and it's hard to change course. <laughs> <laughs> but I wrote them and I said, "Hey, how about if we do this?" and and uh, everybody seemed to think it was a really great idea, so I was able to persuade them to allow me to do it. So now they actually, it's it, they finally discovered that R two D two belonged to their parents. No, basically, R two D two yeah filmed. Panme. Uh, Panme. I don't know why he filmed it yet. I we don't know yet why he was recording it, but I suppose we may know in the future. <laughs> well, I think um, you know. Actually, we had a lot. Well, that was a uh, something that we discussed at length is why R two would be recording it. I had one idea in my mind, and mm -hmm. and Lucasfilm had another idea. And it it turns out that really the reason he's filming is just because he records everything. That's what he does when he's around. Oh. So it's not really a big secret as to why he was doing the recording. Okay. Although in an earlier version of the manuscript, it was. <laughs> okay. My take on that was the he was like following orders from you know, the government or the Jedi Council, you know. <laughs> well, I, I think let, let me see if if I'm going to get in trouble for <laughs> what didn't happen. Okay. I can tell you what didn't happen. Um, is that. Originally, my idea was was that he was spying for Anakin on Padme. Oh, okay. But then I got the the descriptions, and I found out that um, that this was before I realized that he'd been given to Anakin mm -hmm. by Padme. So I had had Anakin, you know, insert a little stealth spyware program on him, and they're still kind of a in the Joiner King when um, 
Luke thinks that he's that R two's been infested by spyware. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a remnant of my original idea. Okay. Um, that I left in there because we could without destroying any, you know, without destroying what they really wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see what else R two has in store because we you brought back Ghent, so he, he's gonna try to you know slice through R two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that was a lot of fun for me to have to. To play a little bit with Ghent because I've always thought he was kind of um, he, he's kind of a character after my own heart. I mean, I'm not I'm not nearly that good with computers, and, <laughs> but I'm a little bit of a nerd myself, mm-hmm. and uh, so it was fun to have somebody that I could relate to in that aspect. Cool. Have there, have him there. On a side note, do you still listen to uh, Star Wars music while writing? Um, yep, sometimes I do. <laughs> okay. You know, I guess I've only got. Um, So many albums, <laughs> and it gets a little bit old because I've written a lot of books and it takes a lot of time. So I kind of do it a little more selectively now. Mm-hmm. I just hooked up XM Radio in my office. Oh, cool! I can listen to commercial-free classic music while I write, and then when I get to the battle scenes, I'll, I'll put on a CD of Star of the uh, Star Wars. Nice. All right. Uh, you brought back the Killix as main antagonist in Darkness. The collective mind of the Killix seems to have similarity to the Borg Collective in Star Trek. Was it an inspiration? Um, you know, I, I don't want to offend anybody, but I don't watch a lot of Star Trek, and, and when I saw, on the, I've, I've read on the boards that there's a similarity to Borg. And as happens with so many of my ideas, somebody copied it from me before I put it down on paper myself. Okay. So, so no, actually, I was. Um, that's a joke, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I don't watch Star Trek either, so yeah, yeah. But, I got um, the joke. No, it wasn't. It wasn't an inspiration, but you know, there's good ideas um, have a way of of making their way to the surface, yeah. many places at once. And I think that the Borg has has been around. Um, I think it's a fairly old mm-hmm. idea. Yeah, that's been used before. And insect have kind of a collective mind, so yeah. So it, that wasn't that wasn't really the inspiration. Um, I'll tell you what the inspiration was. Is uh, I have a, a group of friends called the Illiterates, and there are other writers that live in, in like Geneva, and we get together once a month and, and argue about various things. And I have on many occasions told them that the human humans, we humans, are not the the top species on the planet. That in fact, the planet is owned by insects. Mm-hmm. Because if you take a look, you know, if you look in your yard, or or even in your house, you know, you'll have like five people living there, and maybe a couple of dogs, and and you mm-hmm. know, some goldfish or whatever. <laughs> But there'll be like a gazillion insects. Yes. And uh, you know, so to my way of thinking, it's the insects who rule the world, and that was really the inspiration for using the Kellex. Yeah. Is that I wanted to prove to my friends that yes, the insects are the true rulers of the galaxy. And they survived all the different stages in the in Earth. So, yeah. And we did it. Ah. <laughs> I mean, you look at them and when you investigate insects, they're amazing creatures. They're yeah. just they're so adaptable and and so tough and and you know, you just can't get away from them. You can't you know, they'll 
They'll be here when we're gone. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, we're actually very lucky in Montreal to actually have a museum dedicated to insects. It's called the Insectarium. Oh, and it's, that'd be cool. It's actually right next to here in the studios, ironically enough. If you ever drop by Montreal, we'll, we'll take you. Yeah, I'll go, I'll go take a look at it. <laughs> fascinated with it. Oh, I have been fascinated with insects for quite a while, and I think that should be obvious from this trilogy. Yeah. Fr- from the art that uh, Cliff Niel- Niel- Nielsen did for the, the Joiner King, uh, we can tell that there's sort of a it, the the the, the Kilix actually look like praying mantis, some of some sort. Uh, is there a particular reason for which you decided to go with that kind of insects? You know, they they didn't strike me as so much as praying mantises as more um, ants. Yeah, but. Um, the, I, the direction I gave him, uh, you know, I didn't talk to him personally, but they asked me what a Kilix look like, and I told him to imagine um, kind of a cross between a bee and an ant and a beetle. Okay. So, so that's, and I think he did a pretty true job of doing, of presenting that. Yeah, and if we look on the two other covers, I think the uh, the Kilix looked a little bit different. So. Mm-hmm. So well, that's, that's the other thing about Kilix is, is you'll notice it. I think even in the Joiner King, it's it's apparent that they come in many different shapes, yeah. sizes. Yeah. So that they they have a lot of different different forms that mm-hmm. they can take. And uh, Danny actually uh, saw a little fact about the colony names that you used in uh, in the Joiner King, and it's that they're actually they actually come in palindromes. Uh, is there a special meaning, or is it just a fun thing to do? Um, no, you know, the reason I did that was because I wanted people, because it's so hard to understand, to grasp the identity, uh, the idea of a Kilic identity. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not, you don't have an individual identity, you have the nest identity. And when you talk about, you know, like Gorog, you don't know whether you're talking about the individual, the nest, or, or what. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just wanted to kind of have a, a cue to the readers to realize every time they saw that, that they were talking about a Kilic, and that they would that would be kind of an aid to help them realize that you're talking about something a little bit more amorphous now. So it's it's to my way to my mind just a, a way to help the readers um, cue into what okay. is going on. And I just figured out that Kilic was a palindrome. I I am so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> right. And that was Kevin. I think Kevin J. Anderson is the guy who actually introduced the Kilics. Yeah. His book, um, oh, geez, what is it? The Maybe Illustrated I... Star Wars Universe. Okay. Right. And, uh, I, you know, I I kind of picked him up from there. Okay. Nice. Um, quick question related to the nest. Uh, are the, the, the Killick from the nest blue because they eat chess? <laughs> 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 the dark well, nest, yeah. That may be a subconscious, uh, an unconscious, uh, uh, Correlation because I didn't actually intend it that way. I had I had had them black at one time and I didn't like them having them black. Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe remember what it was. I think it was just that you know black is so often equated with evil that I decided I wanted to make them a different color. Okay, and they became indigo. So. Yep, and they became dark blue. Yeah. So not almost black, you know. <laughs> so uh, besides conventions and a news bite from StarWars.com on February 15th of this year. Almost all the coverage and promotions uh, has been done by the fan sites. Are you surprised how very minimal the, pro- the promotion for the Joiner King and Darkness was? 
Um, you know, I think I better not comment on that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 is there is there any chances let's that? Just say let's just say that I'm a typical author, and I always wish that there was more. Yeah. Yeah. Well. I think it's like that for any people, even in the movies industry mm-hmm. and all that. Yeah. So, um, is there any chance that you're going to bring back the squibs in the Darkness trilogy? <laughs> <laughs> Please. <laughs> well, 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 well. So, I don't know. Have you seen Have you seen an advanced copy? Is that why you're asking the question? Or? No, no, no. It was a guest. <laughs> oh, no. okay. Well, I guess I guess I can say that there's always a chance. Cool. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, there squibs are survivors. They're they're as tough as insects themselves. <laughs> <laughs> nice. In the uh, in the last interview you actually had with us, you mentioned that Kip Duran was a very irritating character, and that he wouldn't mind if he died, or if you could make him die. Did you change your mind? And if not, do you have special plans for him in the trilogy? Um, you know, actually, after after Elaine's dark journey, I started to like Kip a little bit more. Okay. And um, I'm, I still I, I I still think that he's he's a character who's walking on the on the razor's edge mm-hmm. um, in terms of survivability. If it won't if it's not me, it might be somebody else. But uh, but right now I'm I'm I uh, have I have a, more, a certain fondness for mm-hmm. him. He has matured. He's also very so. fond of Anakin Solo. So don't read anything into my fondness. <laughs> okay. Um, with the new philosophy of the Force being applied in darkness, do uh, you seem to show how difficult it is to differentiate uh, between actions that are right and wrong? Uh, the Jedi are misbehaving and are sometimes weak-minded to some extension by being easily controlled by the Killix. Even Jason, that plays with the brain scanner and, and sleep with ten Alka at some point to get a battle fleet, uh, that's sort of immature border dark side-ish uh, using a person type of thing. After the NGO war, the young Jedi seem to be very par- powerful, but now they don't seem to be as much. Can you give us any insight on that? Well, I think that the that the young Jedi, I've noticed that some people think that the, the young Jedi aren't as smart or as powerful in the Darkness trilogy as, as they were in, in the NGO. I'm a little bit surprised by that because they're actually very powerful in terms of all of their tactical skills mm-hmm. and you know in any battle um, I think that they're represented as being pretty darn tough but, but where they um, have a weakness to my to my mind has been in determining what they should do and what's right mm-hmm. and I think that that's a direct outcome of the war you know I mean they, the, the war they had to they had to walk so close to the dark side in the war during the war that the line became blurred, and they, you know, they really didn't know where the where where it was anymore, um, and that was a necessity to win the war. But now the war is over, and they're a little bit lost. And I think that that's the kind of weakness that I'm trying to represent in the film okay. is a is a weakness of direction and a weakness of of purpose. Mm-hmm. Because yes, they they're really powerful. They're using the meld all the time. But it's just they seem be, be, uh, just because uh, they seem weak, just because they seem to be influenced really easy by the Kilix. But it's probably by spending lots of time. And you, uh, I think the the theory is that it's a chemical 
reaction in the brain that makes them, you know, what they are now? <laughs> right, right. It's 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 both it's um both a chemical reaction is what is the me- mechanism, but it's also a metaphor for um their what I call a weakness of spirit. They're they're okay. not quite sure where they should be. They're not quite sure of their convictions. Okay. And and it's kind of a metaphor for what happens to you when you're not when you're not very sure of your convictions. Okay. And they see uh, a good uh, occasion to make peace, and they want to go all the way. Probably that's one of the the point you're trying to make. They they seem lost. So if they see something that needs to be done, they will go all the way to resolve it. Maybe. That's correct. If they they um you know they have a a purpose in their mind and they they try to accomplish that purpose but they don't they have forgotten how to look at the bigger picture and that's that's kind of what the whole what the whole trilogy is about mm-hmm. is, the, is the necessity of looking at the bigger picture when you're called to action nice can't wait to read the rest <laughs> <laughs> and as I was telling Danny earlier I think that Membrosia is actually a little bit zombie juice. <laughs> a little bit what? Is a little bit of of zombie juice. Zombie juice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it's um. Yeah. Well, I don't know quite what you mean by zombie juice, but it's a little bit. Well, it's it's helping them to just stay uh, within the nest and you know help the killings and all that. Right. Well, it's yeah, it's it's sustenance and and um, and also. I don't quite want to say an intoxicant, but a little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so, do you think the young Jedi actions should be in the control of a Jedi Council as it was during the Old Republic, before they become too reckless? Well, that's the question of the trilogy. That's kind of one of the central questions that, Wh- that, that the whole trilogy is about. So, Which, which shall be answered. Yeah, well, you know, um, a good writer doesn't really answer questions. He just raises them and allows them to, to answer them for themselves. So All right. I don't want to say what my opinion is, um, but I do want to say that that is what the trilogy is about. Okay. So in the in the past five years of traveling around the galaxy, Jason learned a bunch of new powers. He's even able to speak through time in the Force now. Uh, does that actually mess with destiny? Uh, because Jason is shaping up to be the next Darth Vader right now. <laughs> well, it does. Um, it's a very dangerous power because um, I'm, you know, Yoda and the and the standard doctrine says that there are many futures possible. And when somebody reaches forward in time and pins somebody else to being at a certain place, you've all of a sudden eliminated all of those those futures. So it's kind of. Um, You know, I, I, I guess it's kind of the equivalent of of messing with, um, oh, geez, forks. I mean, you know, it's, it's kind of like saying mm-hmm. this, these atoms will be here at a certain time, and mm-hmm. it, it's going to affect all of destiny and all of yeah. continuity. Yeah, the time continuum. <laughs> exactly. So. so it's a very dangerous thing to do, and and I think that's why you you saw in the, in the book that Luke and Mara were quite alarmed by him doing that. Yeah. They, they they do seem quite alarmed. And I must say, me too. Because he went from this total wuss at the beginning of, it, of the NGO series to now this 
becoming U- Uber Jedi. Uber Jedi, a little bit too powerful for his for his own good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he is to me. Um, you know, uh, during the NJO, he he was such a confused character, and he came out of that. Um, you know, kind of melding in the unifying force into this, into this great warrior, and I felt that after that he really needed to, to go off and become something else. You know, to to explore his potential in a in a whole separate category from the Jedi, and yeah. become what his well, become not quite the Uber Jedi. I don't. I'm not sure that that's quite the word that mm-hmm. I that I would use. But become a different kind of mm. Jedi. Now exploring the old specter of the Force. Yeah, basically that's it. Uh, in the book, we see Mara casually using Force lightning to the very big surprise of Luke. Uh, can we, we can see on the cover of the Swarm War that Luke also uses Force lightning? Is that a hint of the new ideal of the Jedi that is to succeed in their mission at any cost, whatever the consequences could be? Um, you know the the Mara. Using uh, the Force Lightning and, and the Joiner King was deliberately placed there by me. Okay. And um, I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure that readers should read anything into the artistic representation in the Swarm War of what Luke's going to going to become. Okay. Okay. Uh, I think that that's that that's more of a metaphor for. What Luke for the for the conflict of the trilogy? Okay. Then it is a hint of the direction that Luke is taking. Okay. So I don't want to say that he's not that he's not taking that direction because that, um, you know, I, I'm I'm a very sneaky author. I'll I will deliberately mislead you. <laughs> places. Um, so so don't read anything to what I'm saying either. <laughs> Be aware that that some things are metaphorical, and that applies to the paintings as well. All okay. right. Uh, can you confirm us some information from from uh, Surastini? Um, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> For the unseen queen, uh, the page proofs should be three hundred three pages. Three hundred and thirty-three. Okay. Pages. And that's what I recall them being when I read them. Uh, the original manuscript was four hundred and forty-three. Uh, are you aware of what's been cut? Um, well. Probably nothing has been cut. Um, the, uh, the the manuscript pages are double spaced in Korean. Okay. okay, okay. And the page proofs are single spaced in. Um, I don't know what their ta- what their what their typeface is. Yeah, okay. It's a, but it's a different typeface and it's much smaller. Okay. So so one so one page of manuscript does not condense down to one page of page proof. Yeah, okay. Usually about I think one and a half. Mm-hmm. Pages of manuscript okay. equals one page of of um, page proof, more or less. It's you know it could be one and a quarter or one and two thirds. Okay. Okay. So well, it's, there's not a direct correlation. Okay. Well, actually, like mirror that question for the swarm war. Uh, it's listed to be 640 pages on randomhouse.com. But I that. but the manuscript was 466 pages. Uh, Surastini expects it to be a bit longer as there's some slight expansions going on. Uh, do you have any idea of what these expansions are? No, that's news to me. Okay. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> that was mentioned on the StarWars.com boards. Yeah. So. Right. Um, well, the, the expansion could be anything from um, just expanding the typeface. 
Okay. You know, the, the graphic designers will uh, sometimes expand the typeface to, to make a book more readable or to sort of to fill out the... the um, you know, when you print something, you have what they call the quartos, the, the four pages that are folded and, mm-hmm. and they're cut. Sometimes it's, they expand them to fill out that or, or you know, there's just a whole bunch of, of graphic design elements that go into it. Okay. There could be that. It could be that they're going to insert an essay that I wrote um, that was put up on Drin. I don't know if you saw that. Oh, um, I didn't. <laughs> yeah. Or it could be, you know, I mean, it could be that somebody is adding something uh, that I missed, and they they haven't. Usually, they t- they usually they they send it back to me and say, you know, we need you to correct mm-hmm. this. Because I can't. They might, they might yeah. I can't recall an ebook that wasn't put in paper right now. The last one was uh, re- uh, not recovery, but in uh, Elysia that was put in the Journey King. That was the only one left, I think, to yeah. be put in, in paper. So I don't see if another ebook could make it. But yeah, maybe. it's 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 hard to say what they're what they're actually doing with that. Okay, maybe one will be coming out for by the time the swarm war comes out, uh, which actually leads us to our next question. Uh, it's actually been pushed back to December 27th. Was it because of the novel Dark Lord? Uh, it's been pushed back to December 27th. Yeah, the Swarm yeah. War, yeah. Yeah. Well, that could be because I was kind of late turning it in. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, or it could be because it's going to be uh, a little easier or because they want to have... Um, a re- it's more likely, actually, probably to be the release of the... Outbound Flight? No. Uh, yeah, I don't know which one, but but it's it, it, you know they don't want to release two books at the same time, so okay. they, it may well be that they've moved the, the date back to okay. to accommodate a hardcover. Okay. And to make sure that everybody gets time enough to read it. Yeah. So there could uh, be a lot of reasons for that. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure what. What's All right. Going on. All right. Well, we'll get out of the... Just ask Shelley. <laughs> we'll, we'll get out of the big, difficult questions now. Uh, after NGO, any character could be expected to die. Darkness seems to be heading in the same direction. Without saying who, will a major character like Chewie and Hennigan Solo will fall in the trilogy? Um. If, you, if you can even answer yes or no. <laughs> right. Um... Somebody dies, but I don't want to say how major they are. Okay. Okay. That's that's good. Yeah. We know there's one in the Journey King, a secondary character. character I, I I'm not sure. Okay, no, I'm not sure if if the character is dead. Well, you know there there are some smaller characters that yeah. die. Mm-hmm. Well, I could actually ask the question: Is Raynar actually dead? <laughs> <laughs> But I, but Paul is no more. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> He's been zombied. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, how many days, months, or years are there between the three Darkness books? Oh, boy. I actually kind of figured that out once. All right, the first Darkness book ends, and then the second one begins a year later. Okay. And the reason for that will be obvious. The second Darkness book ends and the third one begins a couple of weeks later. Okay. Um, and each one of them uh, takes a period of months and, and it, it varies, you know, between 
a couple of months and, and and more like six or eight months. Yeah, because I, I asked that question because at the end of the Joiner King, it everything seems to be calm and neutral. The Kiliks were moving to their new home and it 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 was kind of a happy ending, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. So I was wondering, it cannot the unseen queen cannot be right after that. Right. Well, they have achieved peace in their time, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you recognize the quote. <laughs> mm-hmm. So okay, uh, did you begin your writing on Legacy of the Force books, and what can we expect from your particular tree books? From my book, what can you expect? A masterpiece. Oh, <laughs> a masterpiece of misleadingness. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely answered. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Let's see. What can you expect? Probably some of your characters, like maybe uh, the Kilix are uh, will be there. Uh, the Squibs maybe, and then Leia probably because you're kind of the expert for those two. Definitely the the you know I um I'm. A big believer in writing with the big three. Okay. Uh, Han and Leia and, and Luke. And I suppose, you know, you pretty much need to include Mara in that mm-hmm. now um, as well. And I also enjoy writing with the with the young Jedi Knights. But the problem that happens, um, and I think I think readers can understand this, is you just can't write everybody and do them just. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's kind of hard, at, you know, to balance out what you're doing. Um, but I tend to, to really enjoy writing the the major three, and I think that that that's what readers that the readers who like me um, tend to enjoy. Yes. Reading. So I, it's a pretty safe assumption that anything I write will will have they'll play a prominent role in it. Cool. And whether or not I have the room in the story to also squeeze in stories about the young Jedi Knights. Um, They're not so young anymore. I mean, <laughs> yeah, thirty. But um, but if I have the room to squeeze in stories about them, I will too. So because I enjoy them a lot, mm-hmm. I I really really had a blast writing them and mm-hmm. star by star. Do do you actually enjoy them more now that they actually have some? Uh, well, they, that they actually have less boundaries, and they can explore the force further. Um, you know, I do enjoy them more now as as adults than I did as teenagers. They they just. Because they have a, a more room for moral conflict, they're they're at that age in their twenties when things can go c- c- catastrophically wrong, and that makes them very interesting characters to write because it's so easy at that age to take a wrong turn mm-hmm. and end end up going down a path that that um, is going to lead you into all kinds of trouble. And so that's one of the things that I really enjoy writing about with the with the younger characters. Mm-hmm. In Legacy of the Force, can we expect more of the young Jedi? Since we can imagine that Anne, Leo, and Luke will be getting old. I remember Aaron Austin saying the the 60 is the new 40 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, part of that is is um, is well, how do I say this? Is is my fantasy as as an author who is in his 40s <laughs> about what it's going to be like in 20 years. Mm-hmm. And you know, I still want to be vital when I'm when I'm sixty. Yeah. So, so I think that's part partial part of that is just is um, me writing the world as I wish it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I think that it's also it's it's pretty fair to 
to extrapolate that in in the Star Wars universe that characters that are in their 60s are still going to be very vital. Um, just because I know people that are in um, in their 60s now, I play judo, mm-hmm. and one of my instructors is in his 60s, and I got to tell you, he is. I wished I was in that. I wish I had been in the kind of shape that he's in now, at any point in my life. <laughs> uh, you know, he's just so strong, so quick, so smooth. And um, I think that anybody who stays active and has access to adequate med- medical and nutritional mm-hmm. requirements can do that even now. And in in the Star Wars universe, they have access to so much more. But I think it's pretty reasonable to expect people to be still vital and active mm-hmm. in, in their 60s. Having a long life. yeah, Right. Having, right. having a longer life, but also a higher quality of life. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, well, we're going to go into the fan questions now. Uh, we've got one right here from the uh, blogs over at StarWars.com by uh, Rojo Trooper. Uh, Troy, your Star Wars book, Star, Star by Star, Tatooine Ghost and the Joiner King, were masterfully written. Thank you for your contribution to the Star Wars universe, especially the NGO. I wish you success in the future endeavors. Uh, the Force is truly with you. Uh, is there a reason why the new enemy is bugs? Is there a reason why the new enemy is bugs? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, thanks for the kind words. I always appreciate them. And the reason that the new enemy is bugs is just because I really think that the, that bugs are an underrated opponent. I think that, that they can be much more terrifying and difficult to eradicate than any other opponent. Mm-hmm. That, that we have around, you know, I, it's it's pretty much the same thing that I that I talked about earlier when yeah. I said my friends and I have these um, discussions about whether or not humans or or bugs really rule the world, and uh, I'm convinced that the bugs are going to be the ones who <laughs> who end up with the world when we're when all is said and done. Yeah. All right. Uh, Captain Kirazan is asking, why does Mara seem to mistrust Jason when he offers to stay with Ben? Well, Mara, Mara, if you recall in that um, scene after Mara and Luke um, discover what Jason did with the time mm-hmm. time talking, uh, and I think that that has raised her antennae quite high into making her worry about exactly what Jason has been learning during his five years away. You know, she does have good instincts. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, one sent to us by uh, by email, a GA2K fan. Uh, why did the younger Jedi, especially Jaina, turn out to be so weak in this novel? The sort of the Jedi was pretty easily put under control by the Hive, between brackets it seems Jason has become this uber Jedi and Jaina hasn't really grown in the force is she ever going to live up to the billing of sort of the Jedi you know um, as I said I think that that Jaina's the fact that Jaina fell prey to the to the hive's collective mind um, is an indication of her spiritual confusion but I think that there's also something that that's being misread in the book and I, I think maybe it's because I didn't bring it out strongly enough mm-hmm. is that Jaina is actually responsible for preventing the war if you read the Joiner King and you think, you look at what she did um, she's the one who stopped the war you okay. know? 
And to my way, I'm a little bit surprised that people feel that she was weak-minded because she stayed there, she became a joiner, and she still found the willpower to do her job as a Jedi. Because she she left the Ive, not left, but at some point in the novel, she realized that she was controlled and she just left it besides and did what she had to do. That's exactly right. You know, there's that point where she realizes that she's under the highest control and she realizes that something terrible is happening and she and Zek try to go down to get into their stealth access and mm -hmm. they can't make it because they're under the, the mind control of the collective mind but then she finds another way and she reaches out to Jag and because she reaches out to Jag the war doesn't happen mm -hmm. she's the one who, who stops that war before it gets started she's the one who keeps it keeps it stopped long enough for, for Han and Leia and everybody to get back and, and take a more active role themselves. So to my mind, I'm a little bit surprised that people have found Jaina to be weak-minded um, because, to me, she was very strong-minded. I mean, she mm -hmm. stayed there in this terrible danger to, to prevent the war, and she overcame the, the Hive's collective mind, collective mind control. Mm to do what needed to be done as a Jedi. And at the end, you know, she walked out of there still a Jedi, mm -hmm. a joiner Jedi, but, but still a Jedi. And um, I don't know that any other character could have done that. I don't think Jason could have. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, she's still... I, so that's my my take on it. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I think maybe I should have brought that out a little bit more strongly. Yeah, it's probably just because uh, they seem to have joined the Ive easily. That's probably the only reason yeah they became joiners but they also maintained their own separate identity yeah and that's not an easy thing to mm -hmm. do and to me that was an indication of just how strong she is yes uh, what about the stealth X there uh, can you give us a description I, I know they're, they're black and but do they have a cloaking device or, or is it's just the uh, the painting uh, the, the paint on them that makes them stealthy No, take um. Imagine a stealth. Imagine an X-wing. Mm -hmm. But then you know what the you know our modern stealth fighters yeah. look like mm -hmm. with all the the weird planes and angles. Yeah. Um, put that onto a stealth onto an X-wing. Okay. So redesign an X-wing with without any flat surfaces, you know, or without any large flat surfaces, and with all these weird angles mm -hmm. on the wings and no right angles and so forth. And that's what a stealth X will look like, and it'll be painted to to look like stars, and it'll have Um, in the back, a big cloaking device, um, a big uh, uh, pod, a big unit where they have the, the cloaking devices and the, the counter, the things to keep them from being observed, you know, with yes. sensors and so forth. Because I, I thought it was cool to have <laughs> those kind of fighters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, 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 I thought that it was a natural thing for the Jedi to have, and I, I just thought. Mm -hmm. I, I, I was I was quite pleased with when I when that thing popped into my head. I said, "Oh yeah, that's what they need." Because I kind of like hardware too. I, <laughs> I'm a bit of a hardware guy. <laughs> cool. All right, uh, we've got a question from the chat now. Yeah, we got uh, Frizior who's asking, "What's the status of the Empire of the Hand?" What's the status of the Empire of the Hand? Yes. Well, you know, I I probably don't really know myself okay um, the the uh, 
you know, there was a whole continuity thing about whether the empire was the empire of the hand was gone or what had happened to it and why it had disappeared with no outward thing. And I kind of wanted to address that, but at the same time, I didn't want to pin pin it down because I assumed that Tim might want to come back and use it someday. So I just kind of wanted to explain why it wasn't there right now. Okay. And so the status is is that is that it's kind of in hiding, I guess, or in in remission or whatever. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's there waiting until it's needed, I suppose. Okay. In the, I think you you had a uh, short article on Random House, and in your description you mentioned that uh, in the galaxy there was a there was a pirates who took uh, advantage of. Uh, You know, new planets like we see in Joiner King, and also that the Bo the Botans uh, continued their genocide uh, for the Yuzang Vang. Uh, it wasn't in Joiner King that particular uh, situation. Uh, will we see that in the two other books? You know, it's it's just kind of there as background. Okay. okay. Um, it's there, I think, in the first chapter. They say that somebody. It was investigating it, and you know, and it's, it's just mentioned in like two or three places. Okay, okay, that kind of thing. Um, the the pirates play a little bit of a larger part in the Unseen Queen. Mm -hmm. um, okay, and some of those kind of elements do, but but the Both and Arkry, if I'm saying it right, okay, yeah, is just background. Okay, cool. Do you have other questions? Uh, not right now. What about uh, the relation between Jaina and Jag? I know there's there's a lot of fans that want them to get together at some point. I know now there's some tension <laughs> between them. I know that Jag, I think, still have feeling for Jaina. But uh, I know you cannot answer, but will they get together in your trilogy? Um. You know, that is a, a good question. Let's see what can I say about it. It's only natural that they're going to have some tension considering they're in the opposite sides of um, of a conflict. Mm -hmm. But uh, I felt um, at the end of the Unifying Force, you could read you could read their passage two ways. You know, you could read it that they were breaking up, or you could read it that they were going to try and keep things together a little bit. Mm-hmm. But but it seemed pretty clear to me that Jag wanted Jaina to come live with him in the Chiss Empire, mm -hmm. and I just don't see Jaina doing that. She's too too independent and too headstrong mm -hmm. to give up her identity to um assist, you know to become mm -hmm. anybody's wife. Yeah, she's an important part of the Jedi Knights. You know, <laughs> so important part of the Jedi Order. Important, you know, she's important in all kinds of ways. And she's very independent, and, and it seemed to me that Jag was asking her to, to go to the Chiss Empire and become the little wife, and that's the way I read it, and I just don't see her doing that. And so that's kind of where I, I, I saw in my own mind's eye that during that five-year period that their relationship would, would pretty well have dissolved into one where they realized they weren't going to live together for the rest of their lives. Nice. Now, whether or not they're going to get back together in the joint in the Darkness trilogy, um, you know, that's something. Things can change. <laughs> can, can, can we foresee a Romeo and Juliet situation? Oh, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I just don't think 
Jag would make a very good Romeo. <laughs> <laughs> but um, let's let's just you know I I think that 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 will continue to be an issue, and it'll and I don't want to say how it resolves. Okay. You know that she still has feelings for him, obviously, and he still has feelings for her, but but they have to work out a lot of stuff before they can come to any resolution. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't think it will occur, but uh, is the Jedi Knight, uh, the Jedi Order in peril in in the way that uh, the Chief of States still hesitates to re like renew uh, investments in the Order, and uh, if they don't follow w what the Galactic Alliance wants to do? Um, well, you know that's a big part of the the big part of the story is uh, is a conflict between. Um, duty to state and duty to conscience, and that's exactly the conflict that the Jedi are faced with. Is they have two duties, and they're not sure. It's unclear to them what duty should take precedence. Okay. And uh, that's one of the central conflicts of the whole. You know, I mean, that's a, that's one of the central conflicts of being a soldier anytime, and and being a Jedi Knight, which is something altogether beyond a soldier. Okay. Um, you know, it's it's kind of soldier and judge and peace officer all at the same time and uh, it's a very it's a, it's a big conflict for him uh, I really like Ben Skywalker in the movie uh, in the movie what, I am, what am I saying <laughs> in, the book. Yeah, in the movie let's hope so <laughs> in the book and I can't wait for him to go back and touch the force again because it will be so powerful uh I don't think it will happen in your trilogy, but can we expect it in Legacy of the Force? <laughs> um, well, let's see. What can I say about that? Um, I think I can say that that a surprising character will help Ben break through the problems, and then it'll be um, pivotal... That he'll have an important role, I should say, in the rest of the Darkness trilogy and in the legacy of the Force. Nice. So he will be a, a major character for the the legacy era. Basically. Well, he'll be a character. I wouldn't. I don't know if I should say major, but okay. But, but he'll be, you know, up there in the upper tiers of characters. If you have, you know, first tier characters, second tier, and third tier, he'll be somewhere in there. Okay. You know, and and part of the reason is I don't know exactly where. You know, I mean, it's not written yet, the Legacy of the Force. I don't know how, what, you know, how he's going to play out in those tiers up there. Um, in in the rest of the Darkness trilogy, he's pretty much um, has a similar role than he did as he did in the Joiner King. Okay, we have a new question from the chat. Marty One asks: There is so much ground to cover in the Star Wars universe. Why are we? Why are we always going back to Luke, Anne, and Leia? Do you think they will ever be overused? Um, you know, I don't know whether they'll be overused or not. Uh, the reason I, I mean, I, I like writing the characters, mm -hmm. so that's fun for me to write the characters. Um, I think that probably the majority of readers enjoy reading want to read about about Luke and um, Han and Leia more than they want to read about some other characters, although there's a large contingent obviously for, for the younger um, knights and mm -hmm. and for some of the, the 
other characters that have been introduced. So I think we're going to continue to see a mix mix of of all characters. With if I had to guess, in the classic era, uh, mm-hmm. classic era. Um, but when I say classic, what I mean is is um, post Return of the Jedi onward. Um, probably an emphasis, you know, a slight emphasis toward the, the big three. And the original movie character are a big seller, you know. If you don't have a main character from the movie, maybe some readers would less be attracted to buy some books, you know. That's true. I think that that's that's part of it. Um, it's it's these are the characters that people love to follow. I mean, mm-hmm. and that's part of the reason that I think they continue to write books about them. They're also very interesting characters. I mean, the yeah. characters grow. Um, you know, they've gone through it a lot and they've grown in in tremendous ways. And uh, that's always you know interesting for me because I, I write these characters at different periods in their in their adult lives. You know, first my first book was Star by Star, and then I went back and wrote Tattooing Ghost. And it was very interesting to go from writing Star by Star to writing Tattooing Ghost when all of a sudden it was almost going back to their innocence, mm-hmm. you know. And now writing them in Dark Nest, it's you know they've they've gone so far beyond. They're you know they're they're jaded. They're a little bit. They're not jaded, but they're tired, and they're you know they've just given so much and they're still out there given and trying and mm-hmm. and determined and you have to it's very interesting to, to try and describe how that's affected them how that constant you know three four decades of tremendous effort has taken its toll on them yeah. we have a, a joke from Marty One <laughs> in the chat uh, now that Star Wars seems to be like Star Trek The, with the Borg, is there a chance that Chewie will come back like Spock? <laughs> <laughs> Since you, you n- well, never say never, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that he can survive a moon. <laughs> Basically, well, the tech, the scientific explanation for that was that a bubble of hair was actually created between the moon and the planet. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> okay, you can think of something, but yeah. A uh, question uh, from uh, Ikasra from the chat: Is it true that the Kiliks are bioengineered animal created by the Geonosian on Yavin 4? What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, well, I don't think so because I don't think the Geonosians are old enough to have, have created the Kiliks. Yeah, the Kiliks are old. They're the, at least 25,000 th- That's old. it. They were they were the first habitant of Alderaan, and, you know, it's yeah. really far, far back. Yeah, I mean, they, they left Alderaan 25,000 years ago, so they're an ancient race. And, you know, they did, after all, build the Maw and Centerpoint Station. Yeah, that's it. I, I forgot to mention that uh, to Sebastian and Brian, the, the Kilik built Maw Installation and Centerpoint Station. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. My installation? Yeah. Bugs? <laughs> no, but they built that? That's the way they remember wow. it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but they, 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 you know, the, uh, the center point station seems to be very uh, technological and the Kilix seems to be kind of old-fashioned in a, in a sense. They don't... No, no, and that's not true since their hive is like asteroids connected with a frame-like structure, if mm-hmm. I remember. Okay, yeah. Yep. Well, um, you know, you can 
in 25,000 years, you can lose a lot of knowledge and gain yeah. it many times over. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, so the, the question is, is we don't really know what the Kelleks knew and when they knew it. Mm-hmm. And, and one thing that we don't know is, is what happens. You know, I mean, we, we have this Kelleck colony that's built itself up in the Joiner King, and we've mm-hmm. seen how that's affected the galaxy. Yeah. How many survive when they left Alderaan, and how m- much time did it take to rebuild their c- colonies and, right, and their existence? And what happens when they get a huge, I mean, their collective mind, what happens when that gets to a certain critical threshold, and and uh, you know, how how smart have they been in the past? Mm-hmm. You know, they have, if right now the colony is made up of a bunch of different collective mm-hmm. minds, but imagine if it was all one collective mind. Mm-hmm. You know how how intelligent would it be? Do you explore that a bit in the two uh, next book? Um, not really. Okay. Touch on it, but I don't because I'm not concerned with with the history of the Ma Station. You know, I'm just mm-hmm. I've raised the question. Okay. But I don't concern. I don't answer it. So okay. I don't and really explore how intelligent they have been in the past. Okay. Very nice. Can continue. Yep. Uh, we were just surfing on the web and there's still no news of the trydenning.com website. When can we expect to see it online? Um, I actually have one designed and I have to write the... Um, I just have to write my bio and, and do a bunch of of writing the material that goes on it. Mm-hmm. And so, so when I'm not busy writing books, I'll try and get that <laughs> <laughs> Which will be in a long time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've had. I mean, I've had the website. Um, yeah, I know you did. Uh, your uh, your name has been re- uh, registered because I tried it, and uh, during our last interview, you mentioned that uh, it was in construction. So. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I've registered the name, and um, and I have the website prepared to go up, and I just have to finish providing the content, and then. And up it'll go. I've got the pictures and everything. It's all, you know, it's all laid out. I just need to provide the copy. Okay. All right. In the past, la- in the past few years, while you were writing uh, the the Darkness trilogy, did you actually had any time to read some of the Clone War novels? Oh yeah. Yep, I love the Clone Wars. <laughs> cool. Enjoyed them. Okay. Uh, a side question here: uh, Did you re- uh, did you read the Labyrinth of Evil? Um, I think I'm reading it now. Okay, uh, and you probably have seen the season two of Clone Wars, the animated series. Um, no, I haven't. Okay, because there's a big continuity problem between the two, because th- both uh, lead up to the start of Revenge of the Sith, but there's a big difference in between the two. So I am, I will let you re- read it through. And look at the Clone Wars, and you, you okay. might uh, y- you get m- it. Yeah, y- you're an hyperspace member, right? By default. Well, I'm not a hyperspace member, as a matter of fact. You're not? No, they sent me some form and asking for some information that I didn't provide, and so I didn't end up being in okay. the hyperspace member. Okay. You think it's something they would just like give, give the, the authors? authors yeah. but well, I think they. Were, I think that they were giving it to me. I just. Um, You know, they ask for I get I get tons of forms asking for personal information. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I didn't recognize who it was from. <laughs> okay, and I didn't provide the information, and then I didn't get to be a member of hyperspace. So, 
Okay. Uh, yeah. I'm sure if you ask back. Yeah, you, I'm sure they would make me yeah. remember if I. Because you you have still you know five books to still to come out. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <it>. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you could tease a few a few fans of yours on the uh, the official website. <laughs> uh, how did you like Revenge of the Sith? Oh, I thought it was it was a blast. It was uh, easily the best of the prequel trilogies. Mm -hmm. and I'm trying to decide where it fits in uh, in the overall. Not easy with the classic trilogy. <laughs> right. I, I think you know. I think I might like it better than Return of the Jedi. Even. Ouch. So it's, it's hard to say. I, I keep going back and forth on that one. <laughs> Getting so, a, a Revenge of the Sith was just oh, I just loved it. That opening battle scene, mm -hmm. the droids, oh. yeah, visually it was incredible. Yeah, yeah. it was really, you know, it, it put your heart, you know, your stomach turned your stomach over like the first movies did. Yeah, the first time I saw them, and so I was really, really wildly enthusiastic about it. Did you read Matt Stover uh, novelization? I read an earlier draft of it. Okay. Um, kind of pieces of it as I needed to. Yeah. I'll kind of give you a, um, a little hint. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the 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 stuff that um, R2 is uh, is is from earlier versions. I at, at different times I was read pieces of the script and okay. given um, given a different versions of the book. And as you go through, if a careful reader will probably be able to discern that there are hints as to earlier versions of the nice. <laughs> manuscript and of the screenplay and stuff mm -hmm. in what R2 reveals. <laughs> cool. See things like I will probably see <laughs> I was fully spoiled. <laughs> so it was it was kind of mm -hmm. it was it was a little bit fun because when I yeah. you know actually got to see the the final movie it was I I was noticing oh there's a, that you know that, that's not quite what what they said in the other earlier script or mm -hmm. what that's not quite what Matt wrote you know and so that some of those differences are reflected in the in the books well if you like Revenge of the Sith you will love the novelization it's incredible oh yeah yeah well, I've read enough of it to know okay you know I've read I've kind of read it in pieces and in different versions okay um, and so I've you know I, I've seen the, the parts that were excised the dragon parts and all that kind of stuff I've seen all of that and, and enjoyed it. And, and uh Okay, we have a new uh, question popping up in the chat. Uh, have you had to revise what you know about the Star Wars universe with the contradiction with that was written versus episode 1, 2, 3? And do you think the new TV show will damage the continuity more? Um... You know, I, I, um, continuity is, is important only in as much as it, it pulls a reader out of the universe. Mm -hmm. You know, when you have a continuity error and you read it and the reader recognizes it, um, and it, it jars them a little bit out of, out of the story. And from a writer's standpoint, that's what's important about continuity. Um, so if, for instance, when, when George had to go back and, and, um, you, you know, I, I'm, I'm hard pressed to even think of what the continuity changes were, but I knew that that he did change some things between the original trilogy and the prequels, mm -hmm. and 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 do some things that didn't match the continuity of the EU. It didn't bother me at all because you know he's trying to tell 
a story, and he's trying to tell the best story he can. Mm-hmm. And if that doesn't match what was written in the EU, um, I think that he's perfectly proper. It's perfectly proper of him to just tell his the story the way that it needs to be told. And I think that the same is going to be true for the, the, the TV shows, that they may or may not be able to use the continuity that's been established in the EU. Okay. Because, you know, they're two different things. A novel is a, is a heck of a lot different than a TV program. Mm-hmm. And what works for a novel isn't going to always work for a TV program. The best explanation I read about continuity is that it's like a big story told by different people, different storytellers, and everybody has a little, has his own version. Of course, George Lucas has the closest version to the, 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 the right version, but all the other storytellers have version of the story, so if it, you have continuity problem, it's just because the, the, the story was lost through time. <laughs> Yeah, or, or or different people saw it different ways. Yeah, that's it. And that's exactly true. I mean, you know, I was, at one point, somebody asked me about Star by Star and point of view. And, you know, if I had written Star by Star from the point of view of Yuuzhan Vong, primarily, mm-hmm. you know, all of the same things would have happened, but they would have been seen in a much different light. And so there's a different, con- you know, it's the same story. But the continuity would be different for a use on bonk mm-hmm. view. You know? Yeah. And for myself, as long as the story is enjoyable, I don't mind continuity errors. So. Yeah. You know, I mean, some of them are just, um, you know, you try as hard as you can, and mm-hmm. I really try hard not to make continuity errors, but they happen sometimes. Yeah. And you, you just, you know, you can't write a story. If, if, you, if you wanted to write a story with no continuity errors, you probably would never end up finishing the story because you'd be doing continuity checks the whole time. That's it. And and a lot of times there's things that, that contradict out each other, contradict themselves already out there, and you don't know which one to go with. You just have to make a guess. Mm-hmm. That's it. Do you think it would be a good idea for Lucas Licensing to actually hire one guy or gal? There's somebody, uh, I think. They, they have people that do check the continuity yeah. already. Continu- continuity police. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's Leland <laughs> Shee, I think. And they do a great job. They do a wonderful job. It's just that 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 you know it's it's hard to be perfect, mm-hmm. and it's There's really hard for to be perfect when you have so many people involved. Yeah, there's so much information now. It's almost oh, yeah. It's so huge. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I read tons and tons of Star Wars stuff, trying to, to keep up with it. All right. Uh, we have two liners for you. Okay. Uh, did Danny? Yeah, I send you an email with those. I don't know if you have the email close to you or not. Um, I can get there. <laughs> <laughs> But it's it's really easy. It's uh, the basic the basic ones are hi. This is Troy Denning, author of the Darkness trilogy, and you are listening to Star Wars on Direct. And the second one is just hi. This is Troy Denning, co-author of the Legacy of the Force series, and you are listening to Star Wars on Direct. So, okay. um, let me pull them up. I'm about to do no that. problem. No problem. Y- you can just by error send us like any information regarding the rest of the Darkness series while you're at it. By error, <laughs> you know, it's just like reply all. <laughs> yeah. Forward. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a there's a lot of stuff to 
know that I fortunately I don't think I touched on anything I really shouldn't have. <laughs> You know, because your head would would have exploded with the Lucasfilm implant, so... Yeah, yeah no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> You're still alive, so that's good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Are you ready for it? Yep, yep. Okay. Hi, this is Troy Denning, author of the Darkness Trilogy, and you are listening to Star Wars On Direct. That's good. Hi, this is Troy Denning, co-author of the Legacy of the Force series, and you are listening to Star Wars On Direct. That's enough. Thank you. That's good All by right. us. You're welcome. Uh, quick question regarding Celebration 3. Do you, do you enjoy going to uh, conventions? Oh, yeah. I love it. I love, um, I love especially, like, Celebration 3. It was, it's my favorite. But I, I go to others when I'm invited and usually have a pretty good time. All right. Well, that's good to know. Maybe we will see you at Celebration 4, maybe. Yeah, if we have one, I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> or, or maybe we'll see you sooner. I mean, you're you're still fr- you're, you still live in Wisconsin. Yes, I do. So who knows? That's not too far away from Canada. <laughs> no, it isn't. I've actually <laughs> been to Canada once. So cool. I'll right. Well, thanks a lot for for being here. Uh, we, will we get the chance to talk to you uh, when the Unseen Queen uh, hit the bookstores? Sure. Yep. Just drop me an email, and I'll be happy to to talk with you about it. Cool, thanks a lot. All right, thank you. No problem. See you next time. Thanks a lot. Bye. 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 Great. Longer than expected? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It was, I love doing interviews. Yeah. (laughs) So, I will go, uh, what did I think of Joyner King? Because we don't have a lot of time yet left. Right? But do you want me to... Next show? Yeah, but how about that? Yeah, but do you want me to wait for you to have read it so we will will make the review later? You know, spoilers don't affect me, but I'm just thinking maybe for the next show, so we'll have a lot to talk about. Okay, and I can fight you on things then. Okay, <laughs> but it will not be on all on the Joyner King, but we'll see. But that's for a quick review. Yeah, yeah, and. That pretty much concludes today's show. Uh, the next show will be on Tuesday, August 16, 2005. Uh, this, the, it will actually be the follow-up to the interview we just had with Troy Denning about the Joyner King. Uh, we'll be discussing it further. Danny will yeah, most probably, probably go into the mo- mo- much more details. Yeah, if I remember things. Uh, you will. <laughs> if I remember things. We'll, we'll put your... your Little book on the webcam so that people see how, m- how many how notes, many you, notes you I have. A, I have notes for every chapter. <laughs> oh my god, that's for the book. Yeah. See, I bought you an uh, I bought you an agenda. I should have bought you like uh, spiral. Uh, or I don't know how you call notebook. it. A notebook. A notebook. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Save some three, man. Use your computer. <laughs> no, but it's a lot easier to write on paper. Actually, it's yeah. a lot more natural. Okay. Especially if you you're sitting down on the couch reading, you know, you having know a pen mean, and yeah. paper close, it's easier. That's what you have your laptop for. Laptop. It goes on your laps. It's hard to when when you're yeah. reading though, uh, when you're writing outside. I don't like bringing my laptop out outside. And it's getting odd having your laptop on yourself for yes. six hours in a row. And it's dangerous especially for the future of your family. Yeah, and especially yours, which, <laughs> which eats all the time. Which actually boils up water. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. And there's too much going up. Yeah, for the next show, we could also have, uh, let's celebrate the 50th show. There's so also uh, uh, the miniatures are coming out next Friday. Oh. We have the new set. 
So, uh, okay, we could have three subjects. Ouch. It got well, a bit we'll close. Yeah. We can talk uh, about For it. the miniatures, uh, can you get the... Uh, I, I have uh, sent an email to uh, Rob Watkins, and I've yet to hear from him. Okay. I hope to because hear from I, him I soon, though. I think miniatures uh, needs a full show. Most right. definitely. That's so why maybe we could do it after, after you know people have had time to more play with the set. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And uh, see the strengths and weaknesses. Yeah, that's it. That's a so we we'll, n- we'll not put it on the during the next show. But you know what? Next show, Johnny King. Johnny King. That's okay. One. Let's stop fighting about this, Johnny King. Okay, but people send us suggestion. What did you think about the the fifty show we had? Fifty five show we had. Uh, what are your best memories? memories. Uh, uh, what uh, we could pass excerpt of. Past shows that you might have missed, like the discovery no, of the uh, <laughs> Ride That Jedi when it came out, and uh, etc. The whole Ride That Jedi incident between brackets. Exactly. <laughs> so if you have clips that you remember that you want us to to you know put back on the air or rants that we add or anything, could uh, uh, the rants? Yes. So uh, we could uh, put them uh, on, and maybe if you have basically a comment on what you think about the show, uh, do you like the new schedule? What would you like it to change, etc., uh, etc. Et so we will be able to talk about it later and maybe adjust, you know. And probably the next show will be broadcasted from your place. Yes, it will. Okay. That's all. Just tell me what to bring. Everything. <laughs> yeah, everything. <laughs> I won't be broadcasting. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Because if I'm broadcasting, we're doing it here. So you know what I'll be doing tomorrow? I'll be like preparing this computer for the broadcasting yeah. of the shows. All right. Well, if you do have any comments about the show or that you would like to make any suggestions, suggestions for upcoming subjects, please send an email to studio at swndirect.com Or you can leave a message on our blog and our message boards. To be a partner or a sponsor, you can send an email to info at swendirect.com. If you did like the show, we suggest that you talk about it around yourself. Word to mouth is the best publicity we can have by our listeners. You can bring a friend to the next show, add our URL to your message board signatures, and do all the things that are necessary to spam everybody about our presence on the web. And, uh, and no, we're not the official... Lucasfilm radio no, show. We're not the actual official voice of Star Wars fandom, but we're the voice of Star Wars fandom. That's, that's it. That's all. Uh, I just want to make like a quick, uh, a quick say about uh, giving us, uh, you know, ideas for shows. Uh, one of the shows that me and Brian will probably do while Danny will be in taking Paris? some vacation in Paris uh, will be about Star Wars popcorn or Shakespeare. So. Oh. Has it been written as... As a two-part show? No, as a one-part show. Has it been okay. written as a popcorn cinema kind of thing? Or was it Shakespearean writings in in terms of like really okay. good classic literature? Okay. So, And try to come up with a new one so I can do a... a, a yeah, I know. A, a, a two uh, times update at the same time, you know, announce two shows at the same time. Yeah. We had another idea, actually, for a, a subject or more like a theme show, I think. Yeah, we have a team show that we still have to discuss the details of. But we'll see how things goes next week at my place, and maybe we can have something else happen. Yes. 
Alright. Because you need to be able to record this. I want to hear it <laughs> at some point. <laughs> well, it'll be on our podcast. Yeah, I hope so. Why wouldn't it be? If you misrecord it or something. I won't misrecord it. <laughs> See, we have backup. Okay. Alright. So, we'd like to take a second to thank our sponsors, FederationToys.com, SidClan.net, our web host, Simple-Net.ca, the Sci-Fi Podcast Network at TSFPN.com, our partners, HannikinAndHisAngel.com, Nerf-HerderAnonymous.net, it's Nerf-Herder-Anonymous.net, which is the largest collection of Star Wars references and actors out there. Trek Wars, the furry conflict audio drama, which can be found at furryconflict.com. Millennium Falcon, Galactic Hunter, who are still keeping Galactors on target. T-Bone, Star Wars Universe, and the Galactic Senate message boards, which are available at starwarswithaz.com. And of course, starwarsfanworks.com, the home of Star Wars fan audio. All these links and more are available on our website. Danny? Yes, like I mentioned just a minute ago, send us your comment about the show uh, for our 50th uh, celebration episode. Yeah, a celebration episode. That's a good title. Yeah. Will so we be uh, send us comments. <laughs> <laughs> Again. Just send us comment of wh- what you think of us. Uh, should uh, Danny shut off because you have a, a too big of an accent or <laughs> stupid things like that? You know? No, I do the stupid things. You okay. do the bad accent, that's all. Okay. And Brian's the only one who can properly speak English, but he doesn't talk. How fitting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just want to finish by saying I saw the uh, AFI uh, Life Achievement Award given to George Lucas for the, this year. Okay. Uh, the, the, is th- that, that's what was broadcasted on Space on okay. Sunday. Uh, it was nice. They had William Shatner come in and do the main presentation at the beginning of the show. Oh, I saw something uh, before we close on Amazon.com since it has 10 years it's been in existence for 10 years they had special delivery from celebrities so people uh, buying some stuff add a celebrity of what they bought, come home and deliver it to the client so uh, a lady bought the original trilogy on DVD and Harrison Ford wow just came up to her door and gave her the uh, and she fainted I don't know <laughs> yeah, you can see all the videos are on Amazon you can see all the videos that's fucking cool. awesome <laughs> yeah okay knock, knock knock hi oh donk hi <laughs> yeah <laughs> alright well, so yeah, that's it. It was really nice, and uh, yeah, George Lucas, you go. Rules, go. All right, for all the crew here at the Star Wars on Direct Studios, right next to the Insectarium here in Montreal, <laughs> I would like to say, see you next time on Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom, or what? Well, that was in Killick. Okay, but you have to read the Joiner King to understand that. Okay. This show has been brought to you by SimpleNet. Webmasters, online gamers, or administrators of e-business. At SimpleNet, we will always have a solution to meet your needs.
You are listening to Star Wars en direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom. Sure to visit www.swandirect.com for more information about upcoming shows. This show is part of the Out of This World Entertainment on the Sci-Fi Podcast Network, tsfpn.com. Sir, if you'll not be needing me, I'll close down for a while.